It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to recap the preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks in which Josh Giddy took another step toward his development. Plus, we're going to dive into Usman Jang and how good he's been through two games. Does that change the plan for the Thunder season? All of this and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into Usman Jang's stellar defense, Josh Giddy's year two leap, and Darius Baisley taking a step up in this game. All that and more coming up on today's show, but thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. And drop below on YouTube. After you subscribe, drop a comment down below on YouTube on what you think Usman Jang's ceiling is going to be as we see him flash this stellar defensive potential. So let's start with the game overview. Of course, the injury update for the Thunder. SGA was out with that MCL injury, but he was doing on-court work. Uh, Clemente Amanza and Joe Mazzato were at the game uh, in Tulsa in the BOK Center. They had the videos on their Twitter accounts that you can go look at and see Josh Giddy you know, taking step-back threes and, and, and getting some work in pregame. This is... At the time, you know, this is the time where we're going to hear about SGA's reevaluation date. We're at the two-week mark, and so we might hear from it tonight before the game against the 36ers. We might hear about it, to, you know, tomorrow or whenever leading into Sunday's game, but should get an update in the next couple of days on how SGA is tracking, but it was good to see him doing on-court work before the game yesterday. Uh, Lou Dort still out in concussion protocol. Mike Muscala still did not play with that ankle injury. And then Chet Holmgren, of course, out for the entire season with a foot injury. Uh, two of the Rockets still have not reported, Trey Burke and Marquise Chris from that Rockets trade. Neither one of them with the team as of right now. For the Mavericks, they also missed a lot of their key pieces. Luca was out, Tim Hardaway Jr. is out, Davis Bertans is out, Maxi Kleba is out, and then JaVale McGee was also out. So the Thunder had a starting lineup change. They started Josh Giddey, Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins, Pokashevsky, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I liked it. I liked the move that, that Mark made here. The Mavericks started out with Spencer Dinwiddie, Josh Green, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Dwight Powell. The biggest thing in this game to me was Usman Jang's defense. It looked really good against Denver, but it looked even better against Dallas. And, and you're already seeing him taking those steps from 
know, the pre-draft to summer league to preseason game one to preseason game two. You're seeing him continue to, to develop. And his size and his frame with his quickness allow him to be a very switchable defender. And the fact that he already understands how to use his length to his advantage. He understands how to react and anticipate what the offense is going to do. His defense is legitimately good. I mean, he's a legitimately good defender. He's out there defending on an island at times. He's he's navigating and, and going over screens, under screens, fighting through screens. Defensively, he is a NBA player today. Defensively, he should be on the floor. And that is the pathway to minutes for young players, as I mentioned before, as I mentioned on, on Tuesday. The pathway for minutes is through defense especially on this team who's going to pride themselves on defense and who last year, even with all the roster shuffle, spent uh, a majority of the season from like, you know, whatever, December through, uh, I believe, like February is a top 10 defense in the league. They want to build on that. They want to make that their identity. Their identity is trying to be predicated on defense, on length, on playmaking, on versatility. Usman Jang checks off all those boxes. So the day after the draft, whenever it was anticipated that, hey, you know, this guy might spend the majority of his time with the blue or at least a chunk of the season with the blue at the beginning. Usman Jane can be on the floor right now because of how good he is defensively. Three rebounds, a steal, only one foul while playing great defense in isolation. That's very hard to do for a rookie. That's very hard to do for a rookie. It's only foul one time. He did leave the game with an ankle injury. We'll hear from Mark pregame about an update on that, uh, but we'll see how, how serious it was. One for two from three, 50% shooting from the floor, eight points total for Usman Jang. Obviously, he needs to look more comfortable on the offensive end, but that is natural, and that will come. And then look, even if he gets comfortable with this group, then he'll have to get re-comfortable with adding SGA, with adding Lou Dort, with adding Mike Muscala into the rotation, whatever the case is. So the comfortability offensively will come eventually. It, it just will. I mean, you can look and see his skill set on the offensive end, the way that he can dribble, the way that he can pass, the way that he can shoot, uh, the way that he can drive. Like you, you eventually he's going to put all that together at the NBA level. The fact that he's already put together this stellar defensive kind of platform for himself is the most encouraging thing. The 11th overall pick. And if you believe in the offense, like if you believe that this is a guy that is as long as he is, as big as he is, but can still have those step back threes and still be, uh, a, you know, a playmaker at six ten, six eleven. Can still, you know, shoot the basketball at a league average or better clip. If you believe in that offense eventually coming around, then you have to be excited about the Thunder trading three first round picks for him. Because if that offense does come around, and if you believe it will, well, then you're looking at a a great two way player, a guy that can play on both ends of the floor. And as I discussed with Trey Mann, even expending a lot of that energy in isolation defense over these last two games, he's not looked winded or has not really cost himself anything on the offensive end. So he has the motor to do both. I think that the biggest takeaway from these two games has been Usman Jang's defense. Because he's going to be a part of the rotation whenever the season starts. And... He'll be getting more minutes, I think, than people anticipated. At least I did. I, I didn't anticipate the amount of minutes I think that he's going to get come October 19th. So I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see how he can progress. 
And it's normal to, to, to be lacking a little bit offensively. It's normal because you're changing the entire landscape of his role. You're asking him to do entirely different things offensively and work with new people offensively. And that just comes with familiarity. That just comes with time. So I think that the offense will eventually kind of catch up to the way that his defense is playing. I do. So we'll see. We'll see about Usman Jing, but the defense so far is encouraging. Let me know on the comment section on YouTube, what do you think of Usman Jang so far? And, and what do you think that his potential can be for the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, after seeing him play these two preseason games? Again, left with an ankle injury. We'll see if he uh, we'll see if he plays tonight against the 36ers. It'd be tough to play back-to-back after you uh, tweak your ankle a little bit, but we'll see if he does. Uh, they have another game on Sunday, so it's not as though he'll be lacking for uh, game time uh, by any means. He can play again on Sunday. Um, we'll see how that all goes. Now, I do want to talk about Josh Giddy playing another fantastic game. Aaron Wiggins looking solid as always. And then, to me, Alexei Pukashevsky played one of the better games he's played because of the signs of maturity that he displayed after the first quarter. So I want to talk about that coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. Again, every single day, Monday through Friday, and then also leading up to opening day, we're going to have a weekend podcast as well. So after every game, even if they're the weekend games, and, and Monday through Friday, you're going to count on a Locked on Thunder podcast. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode, uh, including on YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on YouTube, and thank you so much for making us your first listen. Every episode's totally free on all your podcasting platforms. But I do want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. Bet Online is incredible. It's your number one source for football betting this season. Find the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in depth articles, and breakdowns of every game that you want. Also, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting, live betting, in game betting, up to the minute scores for every sport that is out there. The fastest and best way to check out all your favorite games, including MLB, NFL, NBA, MMA, boxing, golf, everything you need, college football even, head on over right now to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Type in betonline.net in your URL bar. Go down to sports and it opens up their entire sports book. You can bet on Thursday Night Football, Colts plus three on the road in Denver. But if you want to bet on basketball, the opening night lines are already out. Uh, so the Thunder are uh, currently opened up as a... Uh, 11.5 point underdog, that's where they still sit right now. 11.5 point underdog against Minnesota on opening night. You can also bet on preseason if you if you feel like you can win some money. Uh, the Thunder are 15 point favorites tonight against the uh, 36ers. So see if you can win some money on that game as well. So check them out today. Bet online where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen, but also get ready because we have 
an incredible season preview for you folks. It is the ultimate pro basketball preview. Thank you again for making lockdown thunder your first listen, but check out our ultimate pro basketball preview starting October 10th. It's a six episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. It's the local team experts with NBA insiders from Odyssey and Lockdown Podcast Network combining into one ultimate preview. Again, that's starting October 10th. Search the ultimate pro basketball preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast from. Folks, as a little peek behind the curtain, we've already recorded our segment for the Thunder uh, side of that preview. It was awesome. It was fun to to get around uh, all of our fellow hosts on the network. So check it out. Again, that's October 10th. That you're going to check that out. It'll be on uh, Monday. That you're going to check that out. The ultimate pro basketball preview brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network and Odyssey. Now, diving back into this game, I want to start by talking about Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy is capable of making an impact at a tremendous clip. He played 16 minutes yesterday. That's it. 16 minutes, which of course makes sense because they they want to manage him because he's going to want to play Thursday against the uh, 36ers. That's obvious. And you want him to play in front of the BOK Tulsa crowd. So so you split the difference and you're able to kind of pull back the reins on him a bit on Wednesday, but still make an appearance out there, still play very well, and then still let him get the reward of playing his former NBL team, something that obviously means a lot to him. But in those 16 minutes... It was anything but going through the motions. In those 16 minutes, Josh Giddy put up 13 points, three assists, two rebounds, and three steals. Four steals is his career high, by the way. He shot 60% from the floor. And even though he went 0 for 1 from 3, this is what I talked about on Tuesday and why I felt so good about those threes despite that they both went down. That didn't really matter to me. It was good that they both went down. But even on the missed three that he took, it was a great closeout by Dallas. It was just a fantastic closeout. But that closeout did not bother Josh Giddy, and he looked incredibly comfortable getting that shot up. And the ball just didn't go in the net. And sometimes the ball just doesn't go in the net, folks. And that, that works both, both ways. Sometimes you have a terrible process, and you just flare your arms up and, and chuck the ball at the goal, and it goes in. Sometimes you do everything right mechanically. You do everything right decision-making-wise, and the ball just rims out. That's the case sometimes. I want to see the process for Josh Giddy of shooting the basketball get better this year more so than what his percentile says. So far, so good. He's two for three in the preseason from three, and the process on all three shots has looked really, really good. The mechanics on all three shots have looked better than what they looked last year. But you just take a look back, and at every point in Josh Giddey's career so far, again, it's a rookie season plus a couple preseason games in a summer league stint uh, in Vegas. That was awesome. He just shows that he's one of those guys that can make an impact. Like he's one of those guys that if you let him play, if he logs any minutes, he will get his fingerprints on the game. He will make you know he was in the contest. 13 points in 16 minutes was pretty awesome to see on good efficiency. Obviously he shot 60% from the floor. So I had a really good game from Josh Giddy. Uh, Aaron Wiggins, another game where he checked all the boxes. It wasn't just this loud you know, kind of obnoxious game, but it was seven points, four rebounds, an assist, steal, two for four shooting in 19 minutes, playing that switchable defense. And the Thunder, I think that the Thunder can be a top 10 defense in this league this year, uh, and especially 
as they get more of their pieces into, into the mix. They're playing this well defensively without Lou Dort, without uh, Chet Holmgren. Arguably, they're two best defenders. They're still playing this well these last two games. And they're playing creatively. They're switching everything. They're, they're, they're roaming the floor. They're, they're playing physical and fast and under control on defense. Like, and, and, and the fact that their rotations are this crisp in game two of the preseason is pretty encouraging. But they're also creative. For all the talk about who's the center or who can, who's the big, the Thunder are so small, they're 2-0 and in the rebounding battle. They won the rebounding battle against Dallas in this game by one rebound. But it's not as though they have bruisers down there that can go get boards. It's not as though they have big men down there that can go get boards. Their, their, their biggest guy is like 6'9 on the floor. But they, they have creative ways to put bodies on you down low and let the rebound carry them off to Josh Giddy or carry them off to whoever's down there and get the board. And getting a rebound, of course, ends their offensive possession. And then, of course, getting an offensive rebound gives you another shot at scoring. The rebounds are, are huge, and OKC is, is going to have to manufacture them, and they've done a good job of it so far. That's the kind of stuff that's so encouraging, is that when you look at Usman Jin, you look at Aaron Wiggins, you look at Darius Baisley, Jeremiah Robson Earl, you look at Trey Mann's activity on defense, like all these guys, Josh Giddy having three steals in this game, one shy of his career high and only 16 minutes of action. All these guys are bought in on the defensive end, even in preseason. And they all are lengthy. They all have the talent. They all have the quickness. They all have the versatility to form this incredible defensive unit. So I'm very excited to see how this all unfolds for OKC. I do want to talk about Pokashevsky. I think that Pokashevsky showed a lot in this game. And the, the box score does not scream at you. It's 18 uh, minutes, 8 points, 2 assists, a rebound, a block, 50% from the floor, 40% from 3. Did not have a good start. Like, like the, the start... However you want to quantify it, do you want to call it slow? Do you want to call it sloppy? Do you want to call it outside of himself? Whatever. Didn't have the start that you wanted in the first quarter of the game, let's say. But after that, Poku played well, got himself back into a rhythm, got himself back into uh, his role as a connector, as a as a secondary player, and, and more aware of what he should be doing on the floor. And to make that switch in real time was a sign of maturity that we haven't really seen from Poku yet to this point in his career, which is fine that we haven't seen it. He's still an incredibly young player, one of the youngest in the league still, despite being in year three of his NBA career. But to see it in this game was important. The only thing I will say that that now, you know, as you as you start to get better at certain areas, right, it's like a staircase. You, you got better at this step, now you move on to this step, now you need to improve on this, now you need to improve on that, and kind of build on each other. He has to limit the fouls. It's the same problem he's had in the last couple of years. In this game, it showed up again uh, where he had four fouls. Four fouls in 18 minutes, that's not going to get it done. That's not going to be a recipe for success, especially as this, uh, you know, kind of lengthy and great help side defender that that you want to see him be. So I also want to touch on Trey Mann. I just hope, and again, you don't want to overreact to one side or the other, right? We were all in on Trey Mann on Tuesday. You don't want to come in and crush Trey Mann on Thursday. That just is not a good recipe, right? That's not a good kind of model at all. But I hope that we see Trey Mann gain consistency. And look, it's hard. It's hard to get consistent in the NBA in general. It's also hard whenever... Um, you know, you're playing in the preseason and you're playing 14 other guys with you and your minutes aren't as standard, your rotations aren't as aren't as 
accustomed, you know, what you're accustomed to playing in this setting, right? You're playing 17 minutes here and uh, you know, you're starting in the starting lineup whenever you, uh, you know, might have projected yourself to come off the bench this year. It's all just kind of different, so it's hard to gain that consistency and feel. But 33% shooting on nine shots, eight points, two assists, two steals. It wasn't great, uh, you know, for the offensive game. And I talked about this on Monday, leading into the preseason. Trey Mann is your best score. He's your best pure bucket-getting score that you're going to have without SGA on the floor. Whenever SGA is out, it's the Trey Mann show to get you buckets. Can he do that effectively? He did it effectively on, on Monday against the against the Nuggets. We, we, we praised him for that on Tuesday. Did not do it today against the Mavericks. And that's fine. You, you know, you're, you're, you're entitled to a bad game, obviously. But I want to see him gain that consistency offensively. I will say what was encouraging was the activity defensively was still there. The, the motor defensively was still there. So I was glad to see that. I was glad to see that because, again, getting these guys to buy in defensively is going to create a really good defense in this league. And, and that can be their calling card. That can be their staple you know, moving forward for the next couple of years. And if you think about how this team wins, they can win with their defense. They can win with their versatility. They can win by pushing the pace because everybody on the floor is a playmaker that you trust the dribble. That's how they get their edge to win basketball games in the future, whether that be this year, next year, or the year after. So coming up, let's talk Darius Baisley, who had a nice rebound game after Monday's performance. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles and Let's talk Darius Basley. He bounced back. He played much better in this game. Was able to get into more of a rhythm, I felt like. Eight points on 50% shooting. A fantastic assist that he had. Uh, six rebounds, a block, solid defense. And only one foul in 19 minutes. Uh, I was very impressed with him. Um, he looked clunkily, you know, clunky on Monday. He looked kind of like his old self in the sense of the bad drives, uh, the, you know, kind of the slow drives and predetermined drives where there's better options out there for him. In this game, he felt more relaxed, if you want to say that. He felt more kind of involved and engaged in this game. And that's what he has to continue to build on. So I was, I was, I was impressed with Baisley uh, on this kind of bounce back. I still think that he can be a really good NBA player uh, because of how good he is defensively. He just has to find his rhythm and role offensively and be comfortable in that role and embrace that role. All of those things are up to him. So we'll see if he does it. I think that he can, but it was a good game for him against Dallas. And then we will give a shout to Eugenio Marie. Look, we can have fun with it. He's a fun player to watch. He shot four uh, for nine, nine points, four rebounds, and assist to steal. It was a revenge game in his 20 minutes against Dallas. Of course, Dallas is the team he was on last year. Uh, let's see how it pans out. This roster is incredibly crowded, though. Like, you, you can have fun. It's fun to watch him. He wears 97. He's built like a linebacker. Like, he, he's a he's a you know kind of hard finisher at the rim. But this roster is incredibly crowded, and, and, and I don't know if he'll be the success story in, sense, in the sense of, like, converting his deal to an NBA deal in OKC, but 
he played good enough against Dallas to, to, you know, get some eyeballs, I think from around the league eventually um, as, as he kind of could tries to uh, figure out a place where he can land. It might not be an OKC because of how crowded the roster is, but it's worth keeping an eye on these next few preseason games to see kind of what he's made of. And plus he'll get a lot of run with the blue, I believe uh, in this year. So I want to talk about the OKC just in general game before we get out of here. There were six lead changes, 12 times this game was tied. OKC grew a 10 point lead. The Mavericks biggest lead was seven points. And again, I talked about before the Thunder won the rebounding battle. The Thunder had two fewer turnovers. The Thunder though shot 18% from three. So think about this folks. They won the rebounding battle. The Thunder did. They had two less turnovers in Dallas. They won the second chance points, 14 to nine. They won the points in the paint, 48 to 40. And they won the fast break points, 12 to six. OKC did. They did all those things right, but they shot 18% from three as a team. That is the difference. In a game in which you lose by a couple of points, shooting 18% from three as a team, that is why you don't win. That's why you don't get over the hump whenever you lose 98 to 96 to Dallas. And that's why you hire Shippingling to eventually help these guys fix that three-point percentage. Because if they fix that three-point percentage and keep all the other stuff, like out-rebounding teams, having fewer turnovers, scrapping in the paint, second-chance points, fast-break points, they keep all the other stuff plus improve their three-point percentage, they win. They win. These last two games, albeit preseason, though whatever qualifiers you want to throw on them, I don't care. These last two games, you can really start to see the vision come together. You can really start to see the pieces fit in the puzzle. It's been fun to watch. You get to watch them again tonight against the 36ers. I'll be there at the Paycom Center. Uh, so if you're there, Tweet at me, at Ryland underscore Styles. Uh, and let's see how this game goes against the 36ers. MVP of this game is Josh Giddy. Uh, Friday, we'll have a recap for you of that 36ers game. Saturday, we're going to talk about breakout players on this Thunder roster. And then Sunday, we're going to talk about what each player needs to improve upon this season. And then we'll be back to our Monday through Friday schedule, where Monday we're talking about the game recap from Sunday. So a lot happening. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. And until... Tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.